a bit. This is a new episode <laughs> that we're doing. As always, if you could please like and subscribe. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. We're at RealTuna underscore Boot. Mm-hmm. Um, look us up. Give us likes. All that. Find us on all the podcasts. I recently found out that we're on Amazon Music as well. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I found it and popped it on the last social. So if you're an Amazon Music subscriber and you haven't found us yet, how you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're also on Google Podcasts. Yes, we're on several that we don't put up the links for because there are too many of them. Mm, we are everywhere. And nowhere. And mostly nowhere. <laughs> cool. What's, yeah. What are we doing today? All right, well, uh, oh, I'll tell you the sponsor. It's my uncle Cornelius. He gave me 30 quid for this week's episode. He doesn't have a business, he just gave me 30 quid. Which was nice of him. Um, right, so we'll just get into the episode, shall we? Is that a ten or eight? Or are you taking more, a bigger No, that's, that's for me. Alright, He says to get my mum something nice. Um, so I don't know how it relates to the show, I just wanted to shout out. Thanks, Uncle Corn. The only man called, called Cornelius from Denny. That's for damn yeah. sure. Well, rem- well remembered. Um, I know you. Yeah, yeah. I can't stop for it. Anyway, okay, so right, so uh, this episode, I'm going to pitch you guys a TV show, and you guys are going to play executives at the studios that I'm going to suggest. You can choose which one you want it to be. Cool. And uh, pitch the show, see if you like it. And cool. If you don't, it doesn't matter because none of this matters. Um, <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a bit of fun at the end of the day isn't it so um, yeah so I'll just get into it uh, first first on the notes here is I need to apologise for any inaccuracies uh, this is a period piece and I am many things but a historian is not one of them as you guys know <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the world now but I don't know anything what's going on now so let alone before Back in back in back times. In back times. Yeah, in pre now times. <laughs> so, apologies for any, in act, if there's any history buffs out there. Okay. <laughs> this might not make um, So, but I do. I have done some revision, and I've got a, a couple of paragraphs of history to read out before we start the pitch, just to give you a wee background into some of the things. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, Liam. Just before we start, uh, do we mention Louise's in the room? Just in yeah, yeah. I was yeah. about to say. I was about to go for something like that. Yeah, before laugh. Jim started. Yeah, no, it's you fine. Can as, laugh. You can yeah, it's laugh. fine as you, if you laugh, but we just hadn't introduced you. So. <laughs> well, introduce her now. Um, before we start, Jim, thank you for that lovely introduction. I'm looking forward to it, especially the two paragraphs of history. I think that'll go down a storm. More than two paragraphs. Oh, fabulous! <laughs> so fantastic. Um, about eight. We have a very special guest in the room today, due to where we're recording. Liam, would you like to introduce our special guest? Yes, uh, our special guest today is Louise. Woo! Woo! Thanks, everyone. I'll be here drinking my Dr Pepper under my blanket, <laughs> <laughs> with the occasional laugh, because you're sometimes funny. That's all. Wow. That's the best review we've had. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a welcome addition. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, I'm excited. This inside scoop. Do we figure out where we're the execs for first? Yeah, well, well, I suppose I can maybe pitch it to you and you can decide afterwards. I was thinking, you right. can even go alternative studios 
or whatever. But I imagine the show being HBO or Netflix. That's what I'm pitching it to. Okay, so we're Disney, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> no. No, no, actually, no, none of that. You're, you're HBO, right? You're HBO. We'll be HBO. Okay. Okay. I can see this playing there. Because I've ripped off one of their shows. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll like it. And before we start the actual pitch as well, I don't have. I haven't written the whole thing. I haven't broke the whole story. So I'm painting with a very broad brush. Okay. So just bear that in mind. And just have fun because this is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. So as I told you guys earlier on in the week, I had an idea, which has literally been done down to the title, um, which was uh, the Pinkertons which were a detective agency which this is the history I'm going to tell you all about in a second the first ever (laughs) uh, detective agency set up in well a detective I don't know if it's the first uh, one of the big ones Um, (laughs) but they uh, sort of paved the way for other government bodies and things like that so it's quite an interesting story so I thought about doing a procedural detective show set back then and it was going to be called The Pinkertons and there's already a show called that. So this is still going to involve that detective agency quite heavily but there's a different spin on it. Okay. 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 So some mm-hmm. some history yeah. bear in mind I'm editing these so if this is a bit tedious I'll take it out. Mm-hmm. Alright? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is me just I've, it's almost like a mini essay I've written so that's why I'm reading it out because I did so much work. I'm just I'm starting to want you to just to HB go HP go okay nice. is it, is this we did the, Game of Thrones eh? <laughs> right is this the attitude that's going to carry on for the whole show because this could get wearing if this is how it's going to go just, if this is the dynamic this is going to get wearing I right? mean you're you're pitching to us so no but there's no need to be so standoffish already I'm not even started yet I'm just talking to Liam and Dougal my friends you're not even the execs yet this is just for you okay oh okay. oh sorry I was I was in character you know I might even skip it no, no, we've done the work. We want it. We want. We we Christ's we sick. My blood's up. My blood's right, up. Right. If if you skip, I'm at 120 BPM. If you now. skip it, the attitude starts now. So take the time. Okay. Just <laughs> right. Okay. Some history. <laughs> Pinkerton Agency, founded in 1850 by Scottish man Alan Pinkerton. He was a political activist, and he had an arrest warrant in 1842. Fled to America with his wife Joan. Found work as a cooper, in brackets, someone trained in making barrels, casks, and other such wooden vessels in Chicago, <laughs> eventually settling in Dundee, Illinois, to set up his own cooperage, place where they make barrels and casks. <laughs> the story goes, one day while he was out chopping wood, he happened on some counterfeiters and turned them in. How? Don't know, just did. He was then frequently <laughs> called upon to, in all matters requiring detective skill. He was soon given the role of Kane County's deputy sheriff in 1846. In 1849, he became the first police detective in Chicago. A year later, he founded the Northwestern Police Agency with lawyer Edward Rucker. This was later known as the Pinkerton National Detective Agency. It built its name from... I feel like I'm reading out to the class, I'm shaking. It built its name from working with railroad companies with matters including private security and pursuing and capturing criminals. By 1866, they were so successful they had open branches in New York and Philadelphia. One of their biggest successes was foiling an assassination attempt on Abraham Lincoln in 1861. Mm. While he was on his way to Washington, D.C., Lincoln then hired them as a secret service during the Civil War. Kate Warren, the first female detective, stayed awake all during Lincoln's journey by secret train, and this led to the slogan, We Never Sleep. 
After the war, the Pinkertons continued to work for the government, but were increasingly becoming the police force of the American West. Train companies hired them as protection against outlaws such as Frank and Jesse James during the late 1860s and 1870s. The bandits and outlaws were ruthless and the Pinkertons' efforts were not always successful. They responded by being just as brutal and reportedly firebombed the James's mother's house in 1875. Their younger brother was killed and their mother lost an arm. Her right arm. I later found out not that that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Frank and Jesse James were nowhere near the house at the time. They also took credit for breaking up Butch Cassidy's wild bunch and driving him and the Sundance Kid out of the US to Bolivia. Their complex methods and systems formed the basis for government agencies such as the FBI and the US Secret Service. They carried on working after the establishment of the FBI and other government bodies. They acted as the primary investigative arm of industrialists and bankers. They were also hired to thwart unions and and prevent uprisings in labourers. Alan Pinkerton remained active in his role at the agency until his death in 1884. He used his own private funds in his effort to capture Jesse James. His sons, Robert and William, took over the agency and it went from strength to strength and it remained in the family until 1967. A global security firm called Securitas AB of Stockholm, Sweden, now owns the Pinkerton agency. So that's a wee bit of background on that. So that was the original idea was going to be how did they how did they hunt criminals basically without all the things all the things they have what now and stuff you know, you know, like no, no forensics no telecommunications all that kind of thing how did they go about yeah finding people so that was going to be the initial idea mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't find out anything about that because every time I looked that up it just told me about all these uh, insane mass murderers in the wild west and I was like that's not I want more of the how the police actually went about and I couldn't find much of it and also the Pinktons were horrible and brutal and quite disgusting so I was like meh maybe don't go down that angle so taking that that idea and the obsession of capturing these outlaws and I've combined it with another story and here it is are you ready for the pitch are you ready you're now exex right now exex right okay cool (sighs) three feet lower than (sighs) yours exec Cool, good. God, you look so good at TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're HBO. Yeah. Cool. I think HBO or Netflix. That's no, where we'll, I see this landing. We'll be HBO. HBO, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous just doing this. And these are my friends. This is terrifying. <laughs> Imagine how to do this in real life. Okay. The pitch. Here's the logline. True detective meets Deadwood. An immersive, darkly rich noir crime drama set amongst the chaos and adventure that were the final years of the Wild West. Cool, right. So, off the bat, I don't know what Deadwood is. It's a show set in the Wild West. Okay. Um, okay, well, have you seen a Western? Yes. It's, like, it's true detective set in Western terms. Okay, cool. Yeah, Blazing Saddles. Precisely. Yeah. Cool. I'm with you, I'm with you. Brilliant, Blazing Saddles. Just the comparison I was, I was looking for. Are they going to have the same kind of jokes? No, they're not going to have any jokes. It's a... Why are we funding this? <laughs> no, I knew this might happen. Stop. I knew this might happen. Stop. Stop. Right. <laughs> Save the jokes to the end. Okay. Not sold so far. That's fair. Really, I thought I was going to get you. Fine. Well, we'll carry no, on. No, no, no. Uh, no I, Fine. I, I can't. I can't. We did True Detective, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, that was a good show. People liked that show. Mm, yeah. Very good show. We've done shows oh, thank people you. like. Yeah. Seen yeah. The Sopranos. Yes, well, that was us. My favourite show. It's a good, I know. It's a good right, show. Talk more. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm talking to you. Yeah. I mean, except from 
I'd say Entourage, everything you've done is pretty much stellar. Right, we all know Entourage is a bit shit. Yeah. You yeah. have to pay her one. Yeah. Or else people expect too much. Yeah. yeah. Well, it brought you an average thing a wee bit, but not pretty much. Well, we're planning on putting out True Detective, that's why we started Entourage. Mm. Mm, clever clever yeah. you guys know good television that's why I think you'll be excited by this yeah. well we're actually looking for an our ship one either way <laughs> <laughs> either way I think this could work <laughs> Listen, just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it has to be done well mm. <laughs> you guys could choose that yeah. I mean I just yeah. want the money you know what I'm saying I just want to make this show cool right okay so this is the general synopsis Set in the American frontier during the two decades after the Civil War, which would be the mid-1860s to the late-1880s, Zachariah Harden seeks justice for the murder of his wife. During this time, <laughs> during this time, Alan Pinkerton, head of the Dete- Pinkerton Detective Agency, who's obsessed with hunting outlaws, especially thief and killer Jesse James, when the killer of Hardin's wife goes on to commit several more similarly brutal murders, Zachariah is the only one who sees the pattern and relentlessly travels across America hunting him. The parallel manhunts culminate in a deadly standoff as lives are taken and ruined by obsession in the last days of the golden age for outlaws. So that's the show. Okay, okay. So, quite a few main storylines going on there, yeah? So there's going to be... Well, essentially, there's going to be two main ones and two sub ones. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going to know. We're going to have. Well, well, as we carry on, this should hopefully become clear. So, as I say, I've not got like the entire stories broken. It's mm-hmm. just broad brush, people, broad brush. So, if I can give you the character notes now, and then the casting ideas. One thing before you start, actually, mini series or good question. Is eight, it be? eight to ten part mini series. Okay, standalone. Okay. 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 Like a limited series like Maniac or right. Watchmen. Like we did yeah. Watchmen that had that. Watchmen. Yeah. You guys, brilliant by the way. Well done. Oh, thank you. So do, we do like little mini series. We do. A, a mini series. So it could, like, in the future, perhaps it could be a series of like an, an anthology series about different criminals at different times. Perhaps. I mean, that's up okay. to you guys. All I've got is this. Like Fargo. Like Fargo. Or True yeah. Detective. Portrait Detective, which was stellar, by the way. Loved it. <laughs> Would we centre around the main characters and then just him finding different... Well, as, as we go on, it'll become a bit clearer. Oh, okay. Okay, so we'll start with the character notes. So, Zachariah Harden, which, fun fact, just for you, I got off a random Western name generator. Mm. That was fun. Oh, I um, think about it, Zachariah Hardon. <laughs> that, is, that is the problem. That is the problem. Harden, Hardon... Mm. That'll get that'll get the uh, eighteen to twenty fives in. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. You're gonna hit every Resets demographic. <laughs> They're gonna assume there's gonna be at least one hard on in each episode if that's the way you want to play it. Anyway, Zachariah Hardon's obsession takes him across huge portions of America. He is battle worn by the Civil War in which he would have fought for the North. So there's another key point. The good guys in inverted commas would have fought for the North. North or the people that assume they're good guys. So that would be Zachariah and Alan Pinkerton. They would be fighting for the North. All the bad guys, mm-hmm. the comes, would have fought for the South in the Confederate States mm-hmm. during the Civil War. Right. Mm. So he should be, in almost all other ways, not particularly noteworthy. A hard-working family man with a decent, if tarnished, by the war, sense of humour before his wife's murder. Afterwards, he's almost totally crippled by his pain and obsession. Not completely silent and still polite to people, but full of inescapable rage. So what I'm seeing is he's not just... He's not like the man with no name figure, because we've seen that. Mm-hmm. 
you know what I mean he's going to be more complex mm-hmm. but it's going to be clear uh, perhaps he'd have a more sardonic wit and outlook and this is where I gave up and wrote basically complicated and all deep and shit <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah. like, like a Rust Cole from the first season of True Detective yeah Alan Pinkerton as portrayed in this show and that's a key thing we're going to be taking quite a bit of poetic license here okay on certain things so as portrayed in this show is also obsessive but in a more clinical way he has a unique insight into human nature he is strong willed tough and bound by a fully encapsulating righteousness he believes he knows definitively what is right and wrong and sleeps soundly every night even after committing atrocities atrocities comparable to those of whom he seeks to bring justice mm-hmm. so we've got one type of righteous against the other and the killer I've only I've not got very much for the killer because I think it should remain enigmatic but the killer should be nuanced quiet and charming a dependable and seemingly principled man that gives nothing away mm-hmm. so to everyone else he just seems like a okay okay bloke <laughs> oh well best bloke but a bloke nonetheless one negative point it's going to be full of white dudes this it's basically going to be all white dudes right okay so don't you want to factor that in well we've got to have some well the killer could be black I feel like you're going down the wrong route with that <laughs> right okay <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to think about <laughs> you've got to think about these things there's no women so far and they're all white blokes so you know uh, uh, I've, I've made a note of it Thank you. So Jesse James will be depicted as the charismatic hero that the poor in the South after the Civil War thought he was, as it was claimed that when he stole he gave money back to the poor, which historians say is a myth. He will also be portrayed as the cold-blooded killer and narcissist that he was. He was very successful in evading the law for nearly 20 years. He would taunt those who haunted him, write letters to newspapers bragging about his crimes, and James was also a former Confederate guerrilla and a brutal gang member. So we're going to get the two sides there. Mm. Cool. So, yeah. so do you want to hear some ca- some casting ideas? Um, yes. I'll save my questions till the end. Yeah. Oh, hold on, I'm not on the internet. Interstitial music. Oh, we're back there. <laughs> Alright, so. <laughs> for Zachariah Harden. Mm-hmm. Sam Opera. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, I mean, name one bad performance. Can't. Brilliant. Could do anything. First. <laughs> fantastic. So for Alan Pinkerton, Scottish guy, I'm thinking this dude, Paul Higgins. If you've ever seen the thick of it, he's in that. But he's also in a bunch of other stuff. But he's got the look. He could be Wild Western, couldn't he? Scottish guy, very powerful actor. What about James McAvoy? Yeah, he could. Nah, Paul Higgins. Paul Higgins is your man. I reckon you should go for him. But I'm, I'm feeling James McAvoy. Well, if you can get if you can get the Maxter, get him in. Yeah. So we're not. We could we get more <laughs> HBO? We could get anyone. Fair play. Okay. <laughs> for the killer, as yet unnamed, I'm thinking Peter Blomquist. Who's that you're saying? Now he did the voice for Micah Bell in Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay. Although that might not mean much to you. Obviously, it's a vocal performance, but just take a gander at him. Yeah. He's got the moustache. He's, right, he's got he's got the Wild West moustache. I've seen him in something, I think. Has he done much TV? I definitely reckon that... Well, I mean, I'm not the one to tell you guys. You guys. Well, I, you if it wasn't on HBO, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been in quite a few things, but the, the, the character of Michael Bell is a very slimy sort of 
sneaky, horrible character. Now, of course, mm-hmm. it's only Volkov, but that tells you. He has a range, and I imagine, look at that puss. Mm-hmm. He's killed people. I mean, I'll say he has killed people, but, you know, yeah, you could believe that. Jesse James, I'm thinking, uh, comes up. Milo Ventimiglia. Mm-hmm. From Gossip Girl, and he also played Rocky Balboa's son in Rocky VI. Oh. And he's been in a bunch of other things. And I just think he would get the charming side, but I think he could also play a bit of a sick narcissistic freak as well. Yeah. And with that mustache again I'm getting. So it's kinda like um Littlefinger. That kinda uh, that kinda sick. Yeah, uh what's his name? Littlefinger. Aye, Peter Little. Adrian Sutton. What's Littlefinger? Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. I thought you watched it. My favourite show. <laughs> but yeah, 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 little, f- yeah, yeah. So I thought you said Schmittelginger. <laughs> Which I well, it is. You know, you you can uh, often hear <laughs> Schmittelfinger. Aidan Gillen, Aiden also Aiden. in uh, Peaky Blinders, not our, one of ours, but he was quite good in it. Yeah, I, uh, I think my mum met a match with. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. That's good. Did you not introduce her to him when we, he was working for us? <laughs> no, I don't know. He met my mum several times. Oh, no, I never invited him on set. <laughs> Do you not take your mum on to set? No, that's a bit unprofessional, mate. Yeah, I take her on. Who the fuck gives a shit? We're HBO. <laughs> We're not even supposed to be on set. We're the execs. We do all the work in the office. We're not supposed to be on set. I've directed half of them. That's what I do. <laughs> Just walk in. That's not right. You're, the ones you directed were, I think, among the best. I, I, yeah, I do. I did the entire last season of Game of Thrones, which went swimmingly. Strong, strong, <laughs> tight, tight, really tight. I felt. Okay, so just to round this pitch off, we've just got some further ideas and themes to share with you. Okay. So, Harden, who I cannot, I can only hear hard on now. Uh, Harden hunts for his serial killer outside the law, while Alan Pinkerton hunts Jesse James. Perhaps Harden tried to hire them, hire the detective agency, and they dismiss his claims because he either dismiss his claims outright or he can't pay them. And there's no bounty on the killer because there's no connection because the crimes take place so far apart and are seemingly random. Mm-hmm. So the desire to catch high-profile outlaws such as Butch Cassidy forces Harden to hunt the killer himself. The Pickertons don't see the pattern because the deaths are so far apart. So play on the comparisons of the procedural process of the official lawman and this unofficial hunter who works outside the law. The main theme of the show is, of course, right and wrong. Obsession leading to characters seeking results by any means necessary. And in the middle of it all, the killer's crimes which have no motive whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There are two types of criminal in the show. High-profile outlaws like Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch and Jesse James and the quiet, unassuming mass murderer. These will be mirrored by the two types of justice being served, the very public and brutal Pinkertons compared to the silent, stalking vengeance of Zachariah. The weight of every character's action is being measured or observed as the show goes on. So, what I said, what, what I mean, I don't think the show's going to take a side yeah. on what's right now, it's just going to present what's happening. So the killer, <clears throat> get into the killer's pathology here, the killer targets people walking alone, doesn't want to know anything about them. It is never personal. His pathology is simply the power that taking life gives him. He captures them during the day and waits until night to kill them. Perhaps mutilates them in a way that Zachariah notices. So this is so this is the thing. Like Zachariah will pick up on certain things that the killer does that he did to his wife. Mm-hmm. 
but no one else sees the pattern and that sort of again obviously nowadays you'd have psychological profilers and things like this talking about what the what the killer wants but in this time because it's a bit more rudimentary mm-hmm. they might not be thinking about it like that um, so perhaps towards the end the killer seeks refuge from Harden by working as a hired gun in Jesse James's gang fearing that Harden is getting too close and the last note I have is need some way for Zachariah and Pickerton's manhunts to cross perhaps an alternative history could take place Okay. so that is it really that is the pitch I welcome any questions I have questions for you as in what do you think might happen <laughs> in this <laughs> show what do you think the story might be broad strokes but what are your initial thoughts is that, is that your thoughts <laughs> oh no I just wanted to open here without getting recorded I thought it was cracking <laughs> <laughs> me too uh, do you want to take the start oh, you go. okay first uh, first question at the start are we seeing the wife's death as sort of like our opening to it or is that a precursor no. to it right well this is well, I don't know. I, I imagined it would be. You would, like, first of all, you never see the kills happen. Don't mm-hmm. I don't want to glorify any of the violence. You'd see the aftermath, but never the actual violence taking place. So I'm imagining maybe Sakurai is on a fishing trip or something. He comes back mm-hmm. and finds his wife presented in the woods somewhere, like True Detective kind of style. Pretty much yeah. Robin, True Detective. Yeah. Cool. Robbing it blind, I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing, and he comes back, and there will be, as say, some kind of markings or some sort of ceremonial way in which mm-hmm. the body's being presented. Okay, right. so how much do we get to see of Zachariah as this nice sort of guy before his descent into his unassuming guy before his descent into? Yeah. This, if you've set up that as his character, do we see that at the start? Do we see that through flashbacks, maybe with his wife throughout the show? Yeah, well, I imagine it just starting kind of like so. You wouldn't like you wouldn't get a whole introductory portion of the first episode where you find out about his character. I don't think that. I don't think you need to delve too deep into that. That's maybe more background for the character. But you could perhaps have a short montage of him working and find out what he's like, or it could just cut to. Him just on a fishing trip, and that's how it starts. And he comes mm. back and finds it. Mm. And maybe he's talking to maybe he's talking to a buddy or something. Yeah. You know, so we get some idea of what he's like beforehand. Maybe just for like thirty seconds, and then boom. So we could in uh, and HBO shows we have done this before. Yes. Um, you know, go later on. Maybe do a show that maybe builds his character more as what he was like, mm. and then sort of builds into why he's hunting so fiercely and to begin with we just see him sort of like working outside the law mm-hmm. um, you know we start to see him in this sort of working outside the law hunting this guy by any means necessary and then later on get the backstory to sort of build up a bit of mm-hmm. like from the audience yeah and you could have you could have him because I, I, I'm kind of I'm interested in him going to the law first mm-hmm. and trying to get help mm-hmm. and then him um, saying there's nothing you can do or having someone look into it and it being perfunctory because of course with like there's no evidence gathering in the traditional sense yeah and things like that so you just would feel helpless yeah well maybe that's a good sort of point to take when uh, Pinkerton and uh, Harden have to work together Mm. at some point when you bring them together 
mm. before when they start when that episode where they sort of come together at the end and that obviously mm. be the cliffhanger of that episode mm. I don't ever see them being in an alliance together no but even if they have to work a little bit together or sort of their, their paths are aligned we go back and realise why they maybe can't work together because of this past where he's went to the lawmaker sort of process and it being rejected yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I I, I, see, I don't see them having any interaction really until the end and apart from when he's asked to them and then to, and to be fair if he's the head of the thing he wouldn't probably be involved again these are things that maybe maybe not involved but maybe that's where their paths have crossed in the past mm-hmm. that we sort of can see by the time that their missions are aligned because mm-hmm. uh, the, the killers went and worked with Jesse James yeah and again that was just an idea Mm. No, no. Like we, say it's a good way to kind of hopefully culminate them. Yeah, we'd need to have them coming together at some point. I think yeah. for the storylines and for the the miniseries to have sort of yeah. a satisfying conclusion. Well, it could even maybe cross paths like halfway through or in like the third or fourth mm. episode, and then yeah, they could have a wee bit where they try and work together. And he could be saying like, "I've been chasing this guy for ages," and they say, "Well, you're not an official lawman. You shouldn't be doing that." Him and stop it. That's just that's just for comedy. <laughs> comedy podcast not really but you know what I mean but yeah you're right no they probably should have some sort of interaction but I don't know yeah <coughs> um, is there much out with the kind of main storylines in terms of detective work uh, no no not so, at this point <laughs> not at this point <laughs> not at this point no well I mean it, I didn't want it to be a a week by week like different colour each week sort of thing yeah no, it's, not a, it's not a procedural show but it would have elements of they like the outlaw hunting on Al- on the Pinkerton side would be completely separate to mm-hmm. Zachariah's journey. There'd be two separate things. We'd have they'd maybe like go out and then coerce in the middle and then go out again until the very end. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there wouldn't be much crossover. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. would just and we would probably would have um, would hear about things because I think the Butch Cassidy thing would be an interesting side thing to have, but you wouldn't have that. As part of it, because I want to keep the focus singular on one person each, sort of thing mm-hmm. for each side. Okay. Generally speaking. Okay. Um. So almost then they're more connected by area as opposed to storyline. Maybe they're connected by obsession. By obsession, cool. So it's sort of like it's reminding me um, an art show we did at Made of East Town. But brilliant show! Um, Can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Which sort of, you know, there's there's so much going on in that show. Um, and it's all, like, little storylines that are all connected by location quite a lot. And, yeah, they come mm-hmm. together in the end, and they don't need to come together by being the same person that's doing everything or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there is that coming together through um, vicinity, almost. Well, there could be a... T- well, I see, I always imagined it as, like, a nationwide manhunt. But we could... Perhaps that would increase the tension if it was more localised. Mm-hmm. All I know is that Jesse James travelled... Hmm. All around. Well, maybe when they're hunting him, almost even at the end, sort of later on, it all sort of diverges onto one setting, and that yeah. sort of pushes the tension towards the end, and sort of mm. we funnel it yeah. into that one place. Oh, we'll funnel fuck out of it towards the end. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, I I worry about the diversity of it. Well, for a show. I, the question I was going to ask about this was: Is this historical or is this a drama? Is it historical drama? Okay, but are you leaning more towards the historical? It's dramatically historical. 
Right, okay, but I, I need you to define <laughs> exactly which one you're going for. Can I just get Think the money? Can you, no. just, can you just right. sign this one? Listen. Right. Right. So, <laughs> if you're going for this is a historical piece where you're showing it as what happened. No. Right? You're not doing that? No. I think it'd be more interesting if it's an alternative history. Right, okay, then we need to increase diversity. Okay, well, fine. Yeah, chuck, chuck some of them in. Uh, Ali Pinkerton instead of uh, <laughs> yeah, Alan Pinkerton. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. I think Alana, like they did with Hannibal. It was yeah. Alan Bloom changed it to Alana, could yeah. be a woman. See, yeah, there we go. And so. there's the whole thing about how the Pinkertons hired the first ever female detective agency. Well, right. that would be that would oh, be a first good thing ever to... bureau of. There was a female bureau within the Pinkerton detective agency. So that's something that can come in. So well, they could do that. So mm-hmm. they could, like Kate Warren, who I mentioned in the history, mm-hmm. she could, she, maybe it could even just be her, instead mm-hmm. of Alan Pinkerton, it could just be her. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that you're open to that. That's mm-hmm. good. I'm open to anything, as long as you give me the money <laughs> to make the show. Yeah. Uh, so your, your character, Zachariah, are you imagining him sort of like, you know, he's putting clues together that maybe other detective agencies might not are you imagining him sort of coming off because you're worried there, there's an issue about maybe parallels to a Sherlock Holmes style character yeah no I want if to get as that, you want to far, get far away, away from, from that. that as possible because and again this comes down to the intrinsic idea of what the original picture is going to be is you know, how did people hunt killers before what we consider to be the procedures mm-hmm. so it would have to be more of a huntsman type thing it wouldn't be like he sees a footprint and sniffs it and goes oh he's been in those bushes in that place you know what I mean it wouldn't be it won't be <laughs> anything like that you know what I mean it won't be it, it won't be like that it'd be more tracking more talking to people finding things out following this guy almost like a mm-hmm. ghost kind of thing going where he's just been mm-hmm. and he's always one step behind him because there's no because no one knows who he is like there's mm-hmm. no you know, there's no database of people's names or fingerprints or anything like that so that I want to explore how that would happen but he's mm-hmm. by no means a genius he's just a yeah. normal just normal a normal bloke whose obsession drives him to notice the clues then. yeah and cool. the clues as well like clues is again suggests more of a guy wearing a top hat or trilby and you know mm-hmm. sees a cigarette butt and goes oh there's lipstick on it so it was her want to rule that out <laughs> you know what I mean but then this is where the interesting and difficult part comes in because I, I don't know what you would do <laughs> I don't know what you would do exactly oh we can work with that well yeah just even like yeah. having you know having lost his wife in that sort of obsessive nature where he's looked over maybe what happened to her you know when he saw it and he sort of that plays in his mind obviously there's no photos that he can pop around and have a look at yeah sort of plays that off in his mind and he notices due to his obsession like you say because yeah. if obsession is going to be a big part of this then that mm. You can sway the audience enough to have that yeah. as your that's sort of his thing, and that's why he starts to notice, and that's why no one takes him on as well. And remember, this is taking place over a twenty-three or five-year period. This hasn't happened within a couple of months. This is taking place over a very long stretch of time. So there might be a murder, like the murders might be five, ten years apart. There's no, and he could have done dozens. Yeah. In the meantime, it's just what he hears about. Right. In terms of length of the series, yeah, what would be your ideal? Eight to ten, forty-five minute episodes. All right, okay. I feel like over twenty odd years, then it's going to be quite sporadic. What we're going to see, mm-hmm. 
uh, do you know how you would make a coherent storyline through that? Well, no. <laughs> I didn't write the entire show before I came here. I came up with this idea last week for the podcast. So unfortunately, no, I don't. I don't know. Would there be room instead of like a eight to ten episode miniseries, like maybe a two six episode miniseries, two series, two yeah. series of six? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what... I mean, you could maybe have it... Because then you could do six episodes for the first decade, six episodes for the second you decade. You could do that, and then the cliffhanger of the second episode could be where he gets very close, and that could be in between the cross-section of when the two manants overlap mm-hmm. at some point. Because the only, the only thing is, because I was thinking maybe this, the, the killer, whoever they are, could be a part of a gang... Or like he could go as a hired gun between gangs, but I don't want him to kill outside of the murders he does. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, so we'd have to work that in. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, Alan Pinkerton. We've sort of, we've not spoke about him much, mm-hmm. so that's the sort of last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he works for the agency, but is obsessed with catching Jesse James. Yeah, well, he, he owns the agency. He owns the agency. Sorry, sorry. Um, so. Do you see him being very um, by the book, or does he stray? Oh, he strays. Well, to be fair, he wrote the book. So he, he, he his investigative another bit of history that I didn't read out is during the Civil War he was instrumental in gaining information on the Confederate side. He took people, took ex-slaves, put them into their compounds, their areas. This is where I'm letting myself down into their bits. The bad people's bits, <laughs> and like because they were slaves, they weren't taken seriously. So they would be able to gather information. Like so, you oh, had right. all these really creative tricks on how to do it. So you would be on the one hand, sort of almost ingenious in a way, being the first one to think of these sort of coercion tricks to get gather information. But at the same time, when his plans fall through, like when he's trying to capture certain outlaws and they evade him, he he then goes for blunt force like bombing firebombing mm. James's mother's house for no reason other than to just hopefully get their attention which is sick so he's not above that's a key part of his mm-hmm. his character is that he's not above just massacring people okay to get their attention so it's it's quite it's polarised so these two characters then can be also through their obsessions and their blurring lines of what we conventionally think even if it wasn't at the time is right and wrong that can be a big part of it and that can bring them together Uh, my one worry would then be do we have a likeable character that the audience can root for during this are they going to root for that person no No, this is the problem Zachariah is also he's not going to kill people and stuff like that but he's going to be he's also going to be as as so it's a bit more it's a murkier there's no hero Mm. none of them are heroes and that's the point well we can have the supporting character of uh, Kate Heron maybe be the more likeable one that maybe tries to what Kate Warren Mm -hmm. Kate Heron's the lassie who uh, directed Loki (laughs) (laughs) wrote Loki that's who I'm thinking of Uh, that's my lass yeah shit, shit. <laughs> I hated that show by the way I really didn't, I didn't find any of it believable it's all, it's all magic and shit well, like what I was finding was uh, unlikable characters you can get along a long way with them but there is someone that you need to like sort of well I, I, I direct you back to your best show Sopranos but your, your, your main character was one of the most despicable main characters ever on television mm. and there's a demon feature was what he's a family man he cares about people Zachary does care 
but he's not. Okay, honest. so you're going down that. They're they're despicable people, and you'll remind us of that. But oh, constantly they are. There is redemption there somewhere in yeah. just well, the well, basic characterization. Yeah, well, Tony being... Soprano is an evil character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a massive arsehole. But he's one of the best characters that's ever been on screen. Mm. Mm. So I'm going to be borrowing again from the pedigree that. Can I just thank you again that you guys have set up? If nothing else, this has been a massive ego boost. So I say we just give him the money. Uh, <laughs> can I just say how handsome you guys Actually, are? Actually, wait. <laughs> I was about, also about so to say, I'm glad that you're you're the like the kind of like story man, and I'm the money man. But I was about to give us uh, give him our money just for just, both just, of ours. I'll just question a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, no, I like and I like that maybe uh, the character of um, the female character, Kate Warren. Could be that sort of maybe moral compass that's yeah. there to remind us, if nothing else. And a fun historical fact as well: when she um, she presented herself as a potential detective, it was her idea to come to the Pinkerton Agency, saying that she could get information, in her words, by words that men couldn't. But uh-huh. when she went to get the job, Alan Pinkerton assumed she was getting a receptionist's job. But then her first big case was she. Uh, gathered information on a bank robber by befriending his wife and he was so impressed he set up the entire female bureau so you've got that angle so she could be the righteous and he said there's no room for diversity spin off <laughs> spin off there's spin off you could spin off <laughs> so what I think is we buy the rights from him don't uh-huh. listen we buy the rights from him yeah. we take everything away and just do damn uh, this is going well isn't it what I'm going to or we do as many series and then War and Peace that's pretty good you're welcome (laughs) that's really good (laughs) (laughs) what I was what I was going to say is we release it as True Detective Scenes 4 True Detective Period Peace oh hello rivaling Fargo over here (laughs) listen fuck you Channel 4 can I shock you I don't even want the money. If you could just make that show, I'd love to see it. <laughs> Perfect. You guys have We've got a deal. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Honestly, that's a pleasure. Shake your hands. Shake your hands as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. You've been instrumental. Well, there you go. I've done my job. Thank should, you. should we get our... What do you think? Special our, our, guest, our resident please? woman. <laughs> our resident <laughs> woman. Well, that's probably... You probably don't like being called out, do you? Yeah, well, so is Kate Warren, apparently. Poor girl. Listen, we only need one, and that's it. But I like yeah. it if she's in it, and that's final. Oh, there Sorry we go. Is that a decision made? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you shook my hand and I didn't say anything. So. No. Alright, so, Kate Warren... Detective Season 4 you guys going to commission that? Aye, absolutely yeah. Done My work is done Thank you very much That was a blast Christ, we've got some diversity <laughs> Four white men fight each other for ten episodes What do you think? <laughs> Sounds Never good to be done. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much, gentlemen It's honestly been a pleasure Just even being your company Thank you so much um, <clears throat> Album recommendation of the week <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you guys want to say? <laughs> thank really? you, gentlemen, and thank you, people. You've maybe? forgotten already. Yeah. What? You've forgotten about me already. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right, well, well, starting to think this isn't an issue with a story. <laughs> an issue with the the right the, the creator. <laughs> 
Uh, good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Album recommendation is Still Life by Kevin Morby. It's just a good album. Right, we're done. Nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Like and subscribe, all that shit yet again. Follow us, rate us, listen to episodes. And if there's any real TV execs out there who want to do it, it's, it's, it's public domain now, so just go for it. It's all yours. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Copyright, <laughs> copyright, tune a boot. <laughs> 2021. What, Fuck the boot you can tune? The boot, tune a boot. <laughs> Fantastic. Cool. Um, Thank you very much to our very special guest. Yes. Yeah. Might Thank see you again next week, Louise. Bye, who knows? I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, uh, good. I've been Dougal. I've been Liam. I've been Jim. I've been Louise. Oh yeah. Good night. Good love. Good olives. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Chill a bit. Skish, skish, belush, motherfuckers. <laughs>